Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Hello, and welcome to What to Say When Things Get Tough, a podcast dedicated to helping you communicate more effectively in difficult situations, both personal and professional. I'm your host, Leonard S. Greenberger. One challenge so many of us have faced is making sure our kids don't fall behind in their studies when so many of them are now learning in a virtual environment. That's true of all of my kids and my stepkids. Tutoring can help which of course was true before coronavirus arrived and will continue to be true once it recedes. Our guest today is Gabrielle Critchlow, founder and owner of A Step Ahead Tutoring Services in New York. We talk about how she's weathered the storm and the role that communication plays in removing the stigma that sometimes comes with tutoring and serving her clients well in normal times and during this ongoing crisis. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Gabrielle, thank you so much for joining us on What to Say When Things Get Tough. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, I've read um, you know, a little about your company online on your website, and uh, it, it is very impressive. I thought I'd start by asking you to share a little bit about uh, how you got started and about what your uh, company does. Sure. We provide one-on-one tutoring, test prep, college counseling, graduate school counseling, resume assistance, editing and proofreading. It all started while I was in college. I was working in an after-school program for my work study, and it was a grant that I received as part of my financial aid package. So it was it's free money. I had to spend it. So I decided to work in an after-school program. I thought, hey, I could I could tutor. So I, I did that and I really enjoyed what I did. And it was working with at-risk youth and it wasn't just the academic assistance that I was providing, but it was also mentorship as well and providing those relationships with the youth. And that, that showed me that while it was homework help and tutoring, it, it's, it's more than that. There's an emotional and social and mental component to, to the work, uh, which always fascinated me. Was this something you were studying in school and, or was this an opportunity that sort of fell in your lap? As you said, you had money to spend, so you decided to do this and wound up making it your career. 
Oh, I actually studied something completely different. It was more of, I just wanted to make money in the beginning. That's what I was doing originally. But the more I got into it, the more I, I enjoyed what I was doing. So while it was still a hustle for all these years, it was a, it was a hustle that I knew how to navigate. And then when I reached, I, I, when I reached a point where have an official business and be able to hire people and provide jobs and like, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to do it. And here I am today. As you probably know, this is a podcast about communicating effectively in difficult situations. So in prepping for our interview, I tried to give some thought to difficult conversations that I imagine you have to have. So I have a couple of questions about those. I have two children of my own. Both of them worked with tutors at one point or another in, during their academic careers. I have some a stepson who is right now just in the process of getting connected to a tutor. And I know that there can be some stigma associated with it. On the part of the child can wonder, you know, is there something wrong with me? Why do I have to have this? Especially if they have siblings or friends who are not getting tutored. And I wondered if you had any thoughts on how you can communicate with a child who's going to be, you're going to be working with to help overcome that. I think a couple of things. You want to rephrase your answers in a way that will uplift them in a positive way. So you wouldn't want to say words like, you need the help, you're failing. You want to phrase it like, it's extra practice for you. You need a little bit of a boost right now. You, you definitely don't want to use negative language. Like, well, if you were doing better in school, we wouldn't need a tutor, you know? And unfortunately, there are parents that talk like that. We focus on that relationship with the child. So it's a two-part thing. So it's what you're saying, but it's also what we're doing as tutors. Our tutors, we also build that relationship as well. And once we get to know the child and we build that social connection, then you'll see that your child is actually looking forward to the session. Then they're improving on their own. Dare I say it, I have someone who's not my father <laughs> who's talking to me. You mentioned the parents. What kind of challenges do you face in, in dealing with parents? Are they primarily, uh, you mentioned that sometimes they can use negative words, which is unfortunate and, and, and shouldn't be done, but are they generally, when they come to you, excited about the prospect of getting help for their children? Or are they uh, nervous or anxious about it? I've seen a variety of different reactions. I'm mostly private pay. So the ones that are private pay is usually the parents that are very eager. The ones that get it for free, they're the ones that we have to pull teeth and get them to do it. A teacher is coming up to you and saying, hey, your, your child is not doing very well. Your child is failing. Your child is not passing their tests. It's, and the, the parent might tell themselves, what's wrong with me? What am I doing wrong? So it's that negative, uh, it's that negative self-talk as well the child's performance in, in school. I mentioned my stepson getting tutoring services and he had just signed up with someone who was coming to the house. I think it was twice a week. Of course, that was in February of last year. And after just a couple of sessions, COVID hit us and his tutor, whom we really liked and thought was doing a very good job with him. Her husband was an at-risk 
person, you know, he had underlying conditions. And particularly when this whole thing began, she was very nervous about herself being exposed in any way and then bringing it home to him. And so she had to postpone uh, the tutoring sessions and we, we just never got back to it. How has COVID affected your business? In a similar manner, we were primarily in-home tutoring, meeting clients in person and, and then COVID hit and then it just went downhill, <laughs> unfortunately. I was exploring virtual tutoring, but I didn't really pursue it because I, I was so into the in-home that I didn't really push it. And then COVID came and it kind of forced me to push it. I don't know what state you're in, but in, in New York state, our governor has certain businesses that are considered essential and non-essential. And my business is not essential, but if it can be done online, then it would be essential. So I was forced to explore virtual tutoring and I had to transition all of my tutors online and my most of my clients online. And unfortunately, some clients got lost in the transition. The virtual thing does, does not work for them. And I lost a couple of other tutors because the virtual thing doesn't work. So I definitely felt the effects of, of, the, of the change. But in the months after that, we adjusted to the changes. And even myself, I adjusted. I'm doing a lot more interviews on zoom and then i had to i had to learn zoom pretty quickly and it turns out to be pretty neat so it's definitely opened up a, a whole new world and a whole new arena of possibilities i was hopefully by this time next year we'll be right back up there can tutoring be as effective in a virtual setting do you think that's something you might continue to do going forward? Or when we go back, do you envision uh, returning primarily to an in-person model? I would like to continue the virtual. Every student is different. Like I see the benefits of virtual and that it's a lot of assignments and visual aids are on computers. So it's just easier to, especially to just stay on a computer and do all that. And I know like myself, when I'm a tutor, I use a lot of online sites. So as opposed to like workbooks, so it's just easier to just stay on a computer and do that. Eventually, I would like to return to in-person because some people just can't learn uh, virtually. They need the, the close contact. They need the, the workbooks. They need the paper. <laughs> they need like the touch sensation. I think COVID has changed society forever. <laughs> I think I see virtual as, as going to stay. So I would definitely continue. Yeah, I'm a member of a committee that, that plans a fundraising dinner every year and it's in February. So last year we were able to hold it as normal because it took place just as COVID was becoming uh, well-known. It's coming up again next month. And of course, it's going to be a virtual event this year, which has allowed us to um, expand in some sense. Whereas the event I'm, I'm outside Washington, D.C. was held at a hotel in downtown D.C. And so our, our prospective guest list um, and donor base was local for the most part. But this year we're banding out. I don't know how, if we'll have any luck, but we're in theory inviting people any, from anywhere around the country or even around the world could participate because it's a virtual event. I, you're based in New York City. I assume that's where your, your clientele is, is entirely, I would imagine, fairly local to where you are. 
do you think there's any way to, or, or thought of expanding a bit, even in a virtual world? Yes, um, I've actually looked into going outside New York City. I've had a couple of clients who are out of state, even looking into international clients. So what I was talking before about opening opening new doors and new possibilities, you know, I it's just like, hey, we could do this online. Why not go outside New York State and reach out to the other states and even reach out to other countries as well? It's, I've definitely thought about expanding and, and I've even started looking into it. What's your most difficult communications challenge? We've talked about some aspects of it, of course, already, but um, dealing with parents or dealing with uh, school systems or dealing with, uh, with clients, students. My challenge would be targeting certain people that would appreciate virtual tutoring. The people that were with me before, the clients that I had before, they, I mean, some were able to take that leap of faith and, and, and do it online and it's worked out well so far. And I guess having that practice with the remote school that we're doing here, but those families, and it was understandable, like if they have a child that has a certain learning disability, the, the virtual will not work. It has to be in person. So figuring out what is the best avenue to find those particular people that are willing to do virtual tutoring. So targeting families that are comfortable using Zoom, that have access to internet, that have access to high-speed internet, because there's different speeds. You talk about finding students who are motivated, students who have access to broadband internet, and they have a laptop that works and so forth. That would leave, I would imagine, a, a fairly large portion of kids who would really benefit from tutoring if you could motivate them, you know, if you could get them connected in a way, in the age of COVID anyway, where they can participate virtually. What can we do, if anything, to try to draw those people out? And I guess that would benefit them, of course, but of course it would benefit you too, because it would enlarge the universe of potential clients that you have. If you have an unmotivated, disconnected student, is there any way to find them and, and, and bring them in? Because again, I would imagine that they would benefit from tutoring just as much, as, if not more, than a motivated student. I'm sure because of COVID, there are students who are just unmotivated because school is on, on a computer and the, like some students, the virtual thing does not work. And from my understanding, the virtual, the virtual school is a lot more initiative that the student has to take. And that might be more initiative that they're used to. <laughs> I think there's a lot of factors that have to be involved. I mean, definitely the parents have to get them involved. The school is another, we ourselves are another. So when you have that un unmotivated student is what can we do to engage them while they're here? Mm -hmm. So it's definitely, it takes a village. <laughs> I know it's, it's a quote, but it takes a village. I don't know how many people might need listen to this and need tutoring services, but let's see if we can uh, if we can land you somebody. Um, your company is a step ahead tutoring services, and maybe if, if you can give the um, website address or any other way that potential clients could contact you. My website is www.astepaheadtutoringservices.com, all one word. 
I'm on Twitter. The name is Tutor, A-S-A-T-S. I'm on Facebook, A Step Ahead Tutoring Services. I'm also on Instagram, A Step Ahead Tutoring Services. Gabrielle, thank you uh, for taking the time. I appreciate your, your being on the podcast. Thank you so much. This was very wonderful. One show note before I read the credits. As things have heated up at work and at home, I find myself with less time to devote to this podcast, so I've decided to start posting new episodes every other week. I figure this way I can continue to provide high-quality content and minimize my own stress. I hope you'll understand and continue to listen. As always, thank you to Jim Cirillo at jimmyumgroup.com for our original music. Thank you to my daughter, Rachel Greenberger, for our new original art. You can send questions to WTSWTGT at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at hashtag WTSWTGT. And please rate, review, and subscribe. Until next time, always be positive. kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.